Uh, but before we can talk about this brand new year, let's thank God for our last year. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that we can come to a place where we can learn from your word, uh, things that we need to apply to our lives. God, I pray that you will help us to find what it is that we need when it comes to this brand new year. Help us to be um, in accordance with your will, God, and let us honor you in all that we do and all that we say. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So when it came to 2021 last year, I began, I began and had excitements and expectations for a lot of different things. I know that a lot of you, with me, looking back on 2020, you probably jumped into 2021 with a lot of new expectations and excitement, too. Um, you were ready for something new. But some of these things that I was excited for was, for instance, uh, me and my wife, we wanted to buy our first house. And we did. It's awesome. Being homeowners is great. <laughs> Anyways, then my next thing that I wanted to do is that I wanted to start working out. Again. And then when it came to ministry-wise, though, right, I, I was excited about life groups. Life groups here is a place for, for people of all ages, ranges, grades, to be able to plug in and do life with other people so they don't have to do life alone. I was excited about that coming back. I was also excited about getting into our schools and ministering to our students through first priority programs and maybe even taking them lunch. That was one of my favorite things was to embarrass them in front of their friends at their lunch table. Not that I would do that, invite me to lunch. Um, but it was just a blast. But with all of this excitement and expectation stepping into 2021, right, there were some unexpected outcomes and some shifts in my level of excitement when it came to certain things. For instance, when it comes to owning a house, there's a reason a lot of you laughed. Because things break. And the thing that your parent always tells you growing up, money doesn't grow on, buy a house. You'll find out that's true. And then when it came to working out, guess what my New Year's resolution is this year? To work out again. But then when it comes to life groups, I was ready and excited for everyone to come back, but then not everyone was ready to come back. And then when it came to ministering to our students in the schools, we realized rather quickly that ministering to our schools was going to look a little bit different. It meant ministering even more to our teachers, faculty, staff. So my expectations and excitement shifted a lot throughout 2021. And by the end, I found myself asking questions I'm sure some of you even ask yourselves now. Will this year be any better than last year? Could this year be any easier, please? And then for all of my type A people, can I even plan anything? See, if we're all honest, these questions reveal that we all yearn for something different. But the truth is this. We don't know what we really are yearning for. And all of these questions come from one place. We're tired. We're tired. See, it seems like this is a lot of where our New Year's resolutions come from, right? You're tired of being out of shape. So you're going to do something to get in shape. You're tired of being unorganized. So you're going to try to get organized. Or you're tired of not knowing how to do something. So you're going to spend hours on YouTube trying to learn how to do something. At the end of the day, at the end of the year, we're tired. 
See, in talking to some parents and teachers and administrators in 2021, some of the major issues that they had were higher rates of depression in students, more stress on teachers, and higher disciplinary needs. And what this reveals to us is, is that we have students that are wanting more socializing, and they have a, a greater sense of belonging. They want to belong. We have teachers that want more for their students, and we have parents that want more for their kids. And it doesn't just stop there in that aspect. A recent article from Gallup revealed that anxiety and depression are on the rise across the globe. In fact, Gallup says that globally, globally, 7 in 10 report that they are struggling or suffering. 7 in 10. And they also say anxiety and depression can destroy ideas and energy. I would absolutely agree with that that we are at a place of exhaustion and we want something more. What is it that we ultimately want as we approach a new year? Is this one thing. You ready? Rest. It didn't take me long after everybody was like, Happy New Year's on social media to finally get to like New Year's resolutions and everything else. And a common trend in a lot of the resolutions that were put out there was that people just want some form of rest. So this leads us to an important question for today. How do I position myself for rest in 2022? And we find it in an unusual passage. It's kind of buried in there. Sometimes you might be familiar, you might be familiar with this passage, and sometimes when you're reading through it, you're like, oh, that's a really awesome moment when God finally speaks to Elijah through the still small voice. But there is a lot that is happening in this passage that we can really learn from as we approach a new year. Today we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18, and we join Elijah. And what you need to know about Elijah, Elijah is a prophet from God, and, and that means he spoke on God's behalf. And the thing that I love about Elijah is Elijah does some bold things, but then Elijah is so faithful, he follows God faithfully, that he doesn't die. He gets called up to heaven in a great fiery wind chariot thing. That's like something you would see on a Disney movie. If I, if I could go, I would like to go like that. That would be awesome. But you have on the other side of every mountaintop is a what? A valley. And even this prophet of God, who's been on many mountaintops, is about to be in a low valley. We're about to see him at one of his lowest points. Here in this passage, we find Elijah. He's scared and he's tired and he's in a cave. But how did he get here? It's important that you know how Elijah ended up getting here. Elijah, like I said, was a prophet of God, and he confronted this king named Ahab because all of his people were worshiping the Baal. And so he challenges the prophets of Baal to a duel, per se, and they set up two offerings, and he says, all right, now you call on Baal, and you say, hey, come take this offering and see what he does, and nothing happens. He says, I'll do it as well. And he cries out to God and he says, God, bring fire from heaven. But before he does this, he douses everything in water, everything, the surrounding area, the, the offering, the wood. Have you ever tried to, to light wet wood? It doesn't work. It just doesn't. But he calls down fire from heaven and God consumes it all. It dries up all, every bit of water and consumes everything that's there. And then we see that God slays the prophets of Baal. 
So you see where he didn't just beat them. He demolishes them. He watches God's power at hand. And then we see that God's hand is also on Elijah. This is important to remember is that God's hand was on Elijah. This king that he confronted, his name was Ahab. He had a wife named Jezebel. Most of you have heard that name before. The name carries weight because it's a very scary woman in the Bible. So Elijah gets a letter from Jezebel that's basically like, hey, what you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you, buddy. And so what does Elijah do in this moment? He gets scared. He goes into the desert and he mopes underneath the broom tree. And then an angel of the Lord appears to Elijah and he says, I want you to go up to this cave. So he sends him up on this 40-day journey up to this cave. And this is where we find Elijah. Elijah, a prophet of God has the hand of God on him. And where is he now? Here he is, fearful, he's tired, and he's in a cave. See, we need this message. All of us in here, we need this message today because the truth is this. We're here, same place as Elijah, or we've been there, or we will be there. We'll be tired, we'll be searching in something, something more, and we'll be searching in, in search of, some, of the same thing that Elijah is here. Rest. So here we find Elijah. We're going to jump in, verse 9. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So you have Elijah tired, he's depressed, he's scared, he's in this cave. And what does God ask? What does God say to Elijah in this moment? He just asks him a question. So what you doing here? It's not that God doesn't know, right? God knows exactly why he's there. God knows that he's tucking his tail and he's running. See, the thing is, is God knew the answer, but Elijah needed reminding of where he wasn't. He wasn't in God's will and he was running. On, on staff here at Alice Drive, we have our executive pastor. His name's Todd Fleming. If you've never met Todd Fleming, he's a great, great guy. He saves our butts from going with harebrained ideas sometimes. And so, uh, for instance, if I was to approach Todd and say, hey, Todd, great idea. Um, I think that if we put an alpaca farm on this backfield back here, I think it would grow our students and kids because we could turn it into a petting zoo. It could be free to our community. I just think it would be great. If you agree with me, please email Fleming at tfleming.adbc.org. <clears throat> um, but anyways, not that I've ever brought this to him. Um, no, I really haven't. But Todd would look at me and he would say one thing. He wouldn't be like, no, that's horrible. What? He wouldn't do that. Todd would look at me and he'd do this. He'd go. He, he might make a face. He'd go, is that wise? Is that wise? What he's trying to do there is he's trying to get me to stop and see, okay, am I on mission? Am I where I need to be? Here at Alice Drive, we believe in helping as many people as possible take a next step towards Jesus. Is an alpaca form really going to do that, bud? <laughs> He's making sure that I'm where I need to be. Is that wise? In the same sense, God is, is doing that here. So today, is God giving you a reminder of where you need to be as you approach the new year? 
Maybe today you just simply need to ask this. God, remind me of where I need to be. God, remind me of where it is that I need to be. See, it's obvious that Elijah still doesn't see what God has for him because then we get to verse 10. Look at what verse 10, this is Elijah speaking. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. First of all, let's pause on that and just acknowledge the fact how amazing it is that God allows us to take our complaints to him. Because this is exactly what that is. This is Elijah complaining to God. But what does Elijah say here, right? What does he say? He says, God, I'm doing your work. I'm working really hard. But all these people, they're not listening. In fact, they're doing the opposite of what I'm telling them to do. I'm the only one that's in the right. I'm the only one that's faithful. This isn't fair. But is this true? See, Elijah points his finger finger at Israel's faithlessness, but where is Elijah in this moment? Cowering in a cave. Elijah's fearful and he's hiding from God's will. Elijah just witnessed God's power against the prophets of Baal, and the battle is already won. But here is Elijah. He's allowed allowed his fear and his pride to take the reins. So for us in this room today, what is blinding you from the battle that's already won in Christ? The battle was already won. He watched God win it. For you, is it sin? Because if it's sin, we have Christ who conquered sin. For you, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? If it's those things, Christ says, come all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Christ tells us that he has come to give life and give it abundantly. He tells us that if I am going to take care of the birds of the air, then how much more do you think I am going to take care of my people? See, in this moment, we read this and we're like, Elijah, you silly goose. Maybe you don't, I do. Um, But in this moment, you read that and you'd like to think like, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Surely I wouldn't. But last I checked, no one on this planet or anyone else in Scripture goes up to heaven in a fiery whirlwind chariot. <laughs> Absolutely, I would do the same thing. Allow my fear and my pride to take the reins, elevate myself above everyone else around me to try and make me look better. See, Elijah is looking for something more. Look at how God responds in verses 11 through 13. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... The sound of a low whisper. Some translations is a gentle voice or a still small voice in the wind. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, 
What are you doing here, Elijah? See, sometimes the rest that we need the most comes from biblical correction. Whether it be by the Holy Spirit or someone that is courageous enough to speak truth into your life, sometimes the rest you need comes from the correction. Simply saying, hey, are you on the path that you need to be? See, for 40 days and 40 nights, Elijah journeyed to this mountain, and I'm sure that he had plenty of time to think about all that God has done, all he has seen God do, but God reminds him anyways of who he is. How does he do this? He passes by. In strong wind, in an earthquake, and in a fire, God passes by, but he doesn't speak. God is reminding Elijah in these moments of his power because Elijah has seen God use this in miraculous ways before. Fire from heaven to consume these offerings. He's going to continue to see God use these elements in different places of his ministry. We have seen this when Christ died on the cross. The earth shook and the veil of the temple was ripped in two so that we can have access to God. We can even see where God has used these elements to to show his power. So in this moment, Elijah needed a reminder of God's power and his presence. So let me ask you this. Where in 2021, where in your life have you seen the power and the presence of God? Where in your life have you seen the power and the presence of God? See, I can't help but to think about the moment that Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He says, let those who have ears, let them hear. Let those who have eyes, let them see. Because he knew when he was speaking to a bunch of people, at times there would be people who were listening, but they weren't really hearing what he was saying. People that were looking, but they weren't really seeing what they needed to see. And Elijah wasn't ready to hear from God until he was reminded of who God was. And some of you have never heard from God because you don't know who he is. And you can only know who he is if you know what he has done. You can only know God if you know the gospel. And the gospel is the good news. The good news is this that we are lost in sin outside of Christ. But God sent his son, Jesus, into this world to live a perfect life. And as he was nailed to the cross, the punishment that we deserved, he took on all of our sins. So those who believe in him may have a relationship with Jesus, may have a relationship with God. As he was buried and rose from the grave, he fully conquered the penalty for our sin, which was death so that we can have life. And that life doesn't just begin on this side of heaven, It'd be, or on, on the other side after we die. It begins now. Are we going to be perfect? No. Where are my parents at? We all can relate. If we ask our kids, hey, are we perfect? <laughs> what would our kids say? <laughs> There's a lot of hesitation. Um, but we're not going to be perfect, right, on this side of heaven. We're not. So you can only know who he is if you know what he's done in Jesus. In Jesus is, is, is rest. In a gentle voice, God speaks to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? This is the second time that we hear this question asked. Again, what are you doing here, Elijah? It's almost like if you walk in your kid's room and they're doing that thing that they know they shouldn't be doing. And so you look at them and you're like, so what you doing? You as a parent, you... You know what they're doing. But you're just asking because you want them to understand and see, hey, 
is that what's best right now? And then after they process it, you ask them, so what should you be doing? This is the second time that we see this question of accountability. It's like God is saying, look, you have seen my power and you have experienced my presence. And in my power and in my presence, Elijah is rest. That's where it is. So God is asking those who can hear him today, what are you doing here? In this moment, God is is asking every single one of us, what are you doing? So as you approach a new year, what do you really need from God? Are you tired? Are you looking for rest? Well, as we've seen, that rest is only found in Christ. Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if you do, then why allow fear and pride to take the reins? We're about to see that God is going to invite Elijah to let him speak another time. And here Elijah is about to give him his complaint again. Verse 14. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. You know, some of the best mentors in my life had me repeat the really dumb things that I could see how ridiculous that it was. Some of the best people in my life, after I said something that wasn't necessarily true, would ask me to go, hey, why don't you say that again? All right, pause on that. Say it one more time. I can, I can see it. Like, maybe Elijah in this moment, maybe even slowed down a little bit as he was saying it. See, God allows us to take our complaints to him multiple times so that we can be ready for his answer. See, it's when we are able to understand his answer that we find rest because we know he is at work in bigger ways than we can even imagine. Look at what God tells Elijah. This will be some of verse 15, and then I'm going to summarize through 18. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And then he tells him, he says, look, I want you to anoint Hazael, and I want you to anoint Jehu as kings. He says, and I want you to go, and I want you to anoint Elijah as a prophet. And look here, I will leave a remnant of 7,000 in Israel that love me. So basically, God looks at Elijah in this moment, and he says, all right, bud, watch this. Because what God is about to do is is through anointing these two kings, the punishment that Elijah was crying out for, for Israel's disobedience, these two kings are about to give it to, to Israel. And then by going and anointing Elijah as a prophet, God is providing someone to journey with him as a helper. Doesn't he do that for us through the Holy Spirit? And then he says, you say you're alone. You say that you're the only faithful one, Elijah. You watch. I'm about to leave 7,000 people who love me. You're not alone. See, we've seen God 
answer Elijah with, watch this. We've seen him even do that here this past year. We started this initiative called Finest Hour. And through the Finest Hour, we wanted to see a, a building for Bacala built as a tool to reach as many people as possible in the Bacala area so that they could take next steps. We were able to donate some of those funds and, and resources to Sumter United Ministries. We were able to uh, help to build someone a house. We were able to put the, those funds towards missions work. You see God using these multiple tools to help as many people as possible take a next step towards Jesus. See, this is what God is doing, and it's what he's about to do. So in light of this passage, how do you position yourself for the rest that you need in 2022? In order to find this rest, I think we see it from, from learning from Elisha here, there's two things that we do. The first one is this. You look at God's faithfulness. Look at God's faithfulness. Where has he been faithful in your life? Where has he been faithful in 2021? How are you looking towards his faithfulness in 2022? The second thing is this. Listen for God's correction. Listen for God's correction. Those are the two things that you see going on here in this passage. Elijah is looking at God's faithfulness and how he has brought him to where he is. And how he's going to keep him as he keeps him going. But you also see God giving him correction. He had to listen for that. Listen for God's question. So how do we look and how do we listen? Well, we can look at Elijah and, and learn how we can do these two things. For, to, for looking at God's faithfulness, I think that means that we need to minimize our distractions. Elijah went on a 40-day journey to where he was. He was up on this mountaintop alone. So what's got you distracted from seeing God's faithfulness? What's got you distracted from remembering what God has already done? And then when it comes to looking at his faithfulness, I think that we should be honest with God. This is our prayer. This is why I love the Bible. Elijah was a great prophet, but in this moment, he is complaining to God with a very honest prayer. But if you complain to God with your very honest prayers, be ready. Because he might look at you and he might say, is this where you need to be? Is that really how it is? When it comes to looking at God's faithfulness, I think that here at Alice Drive, we believe that the Bible is the bottom line. So if the Bible is the bottom line and the Bible shows us the faithfulness of God, then I think that that means we need to wrestle with Scripture. We need to look for his faithfulness in Scripture. Look towards his promises that he has given us that, hey, if you have a relationship with Jesus, this life is only temporary. Paul says, for, for as I live is Christ, but to die, hey, upgrade, gain. I'm with God. Secondly, how do we listen for God's correction? Like we said, sometimes the rest that we need comes from biblical correction. So I think it's two things, really. How do we listen for God's correction? Stop doing life alone and stop relying only on yourself. Stop trying to do life alone and stop relying only on yourself. This is why we have life groups here at Alice Drive so that you can find a community of believers who have been there, who haven't yet been there, that you can speak into, people that can speak into you, people that can courageously speak truth into your life to help you see what God's best is for your life. 
And when it comes to relying on yourself, maybe some, someone in here today is tired of relying on themselves because they see where it constantly leads them. So maybe today you just need to give your life to Christ. Maybe today you finally have heard God say, hey, what are you doing here? And if you are a Christian, stop relying on yourself. It's just not, it's not God's best for you because God gave you this great thing called the Holy Spirit, the Helper to come alongside you and to make you more like Jesus. So the rest we need for this next year only comes as we look and as we listen. And as we do this, we find that our rest comes only from God and what it is that he has done and what it is that he is doing. Jim Elliott was a missionary who lost his life to the Aka tribe. He left behind his wife, Elizabeth Elliott, and a daughter, and this is Elizabeth Elliott here, um, Elizabeth lost her husband in the mission field. To me, I feel like she had every right to be angry with God. And she could have even had these same overwhelming feelings that Elijah did. But as she looked and as she listened, she found immeasurable rest in watching God use her to lead the Akas and even the ones who murdered her husband to a loving relationship with Jesus, the only one that gives true life. In her book, Keep a Quiet Heart, Elizabeth says this. It depends on our willingness to see everything in God, receive all from his hand, accept with gratitude just the portion and the cup he offers. Shall I charge him with a mistake in his measurements or with misjudging the sphere in which I can best learn to trust him? Has he misplaced me? Is he ignorant of things or people which, in my view, hinder my doing his will? And I love this. If you write down any quote on your Bible, piece of paper, somewhere where you can see it, this is what you need for 2022 and any year to come, any circumstance you face. She says this, The secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. The secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. She continues, she says, we can only know that eternal love is wiser than we, and we bow in adoration of that loving wisdom. See, when we rest in the eternal love of Christ, we rest. When we look and when we listen, we find the rest we need. So when it comes to 2022, how are you going to look and how are you going to listen? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that we can come to a place where we can learn from your word. God, I pray that if there is one in here who maybe for the first time is hearing you say, what are you doing here? God, that you will give them the courage to get up and continue that conversation with someone. Because maybe the thing that they need is to stop relying on themselves and rely on someone that's bigger than themselves. God, for those of us in here who are following you, maybe we're at a place like Elijah. Maybe we're tired. We're letting our fears, our anxiety take the reins. God, I pray that you help us to start looking at your faithfulness and listening for that correction. Help us to get back where it is that we need to be. God, help us to be bold as we step into a new year. To not only look at the negative things around us, God, but always focus on the things that you are doing and the things that you are going to do. 
God, we thank you for this hope that we have in Christ, that anyone who has faith in him will one day be with you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.